to the Here So We Don't Get Fine podcast. I'm Thomas. Sitting across from me is David, who's being very quiet for some reason. Uh, you may be wondering, wow, another podcast. They're, they're actually on schedule this week, so far. Emphasis on the so far. Uh, are you planning the speak, or is this just me? I really just wanted to see what would happen if we started recording and I didn't do anything. I wanted to see what you would do. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, hello, we, I'm David. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You already said that. Yeah. I, I already did when you were, you know, sitting over there, quiet, <laughs> like a child. Anyways, uh, we have a focused podcast on, I'm sure you might be able to guess, based on what I'm assuming the title of this will be, but the uh, the NFL drafts tomorrow. Is that happening? Soon? Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Really? Yeah. The draft. The draft, yeah, the, fir- the first round is tomorrow night. Oh. Rounds two and three are Friday night. And then I believe the rest, four, five, six, seven, Saturday. are Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. I have an answer. Anything Wayne major? Gretzky. Anything major you think going to happen in this draft? I think, I, th- I mean, it's the draft. Something major always happens. I don't know. I just I like this year. I'm getting the vibe. This is going to be a very tame draft. A very tame draft. It's yeah. not like uh, there's a lot of question marks as to what's going to happen within the top five. No, uh, I am obviously being facetious. If you are the type of person who's listening to this podcast, going out of your way to listen to a sports podcast, you are probably you, the type of person who knows that. Then you definitely have a general idea of how wild this draft. It's already been wild. The Carolina trade up to number one, the incredible rumors that have been coming out that we will get to. Unless uh, you're my mom, who's going to listen to this in like a month. <laughs> um, I love you, mom. Fair. Uh, I already know I'm going to get a phone call. Oh, we're, based we're, on that we're both going to get a text. Yeah. 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 Well, you're going to get a text. I'm going to get a phone call. Fair. We might both get phone calls. And I was going to say, <laughs> then you won't answer that phone call because you'll be asleep, and then I'll answer that she'll call me. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a likely scenario. Yeah, more than likely. Anyways, uh, Anyways. no one no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. That's what makes it so exciting. Uh, but there is one group of people who do know, and that is the Panthers front office, who own the first overall pick after trading up with Chicago. Uh, they have come to a consensus. The odds... Are, so the odds-on favorite to go number one is still Bryce Young, and it's still a pretty substantial lead. But the other news coming out is that Will Levis is apparently telling his friends and family that he is a lock to go number one. That caused a 3,400 increase, or decrease, I guess, in the odds for Will Levis to go first. They had already changed to 2,500. 2500 before this came out and when this came out they went to 500 plus 500 yeah yeah but so, like but like is that an increase or a decrease i yes because if it goes from plus 2500 to plus five i mean the number got bigger right no, like no, minus five smaller no no plus 500 is small you're right yeah the, so the number got smaller but the odds got bigger yeah it's a. I don't know. Betting is fun. Yeah. Point yeah. is, his odds of going number one overall got better. Yeah. Can I be honest with you, Thomas? You sure can. I have never been more excited 
for the Colts to take Will Levis fourth overall. To see an update on my phone than I was today when I saw. That's not true. Philip Forsberg resigning was pretty exciting. But the update on my phone that I saw Will Levis is telling people that he's going first overall. He's telling close family and friends. Yeah. I, we've heard I, a lot about the attitude of Will Levis. Yeah. He he's supposedly cocky, does arrogant. have an attitude problem. He's very full of himself. He, yeah. he is very confident. He's a... Uh, yeah. 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 I almost um, forgot. I forgot we were recording for like <laughs> 0.3 seconds, and I was about to just jump right in. But no, we're we're all aware of yeah. his attitude, right? Mm-hmm. But I like even with that attitude, mm-hmm. I can't fathom him telling his close family and friends that he's going number like, one. There's a difference. Between, man, I think it went really well. I think they're going to take me. And they told me they're going to take me. Yeah. Which is what he's telling people. And so, I like, it's really... It's crazy. I think it would be stupid. It's insane. Bryce Young is significantly better. Has infinitely more success. Like... Everything about Bryce Young is better than Will Levis with the exception of the numbers next to his name when you're looking at height. I think it's also relevant to mention that he himself hasn't publicly come out and said this. All this information, it's not coming from Schefter. It's not coming from Rappaport. It's coming from a Reddit thread. This is... I I didn't know that. Uh, So that is relevant info. To take, however, I do where I'd normally discount it immediately since it came from Reddit and not from Schefter or Rappaport. They might have confirmed that. I haven't seen that though. I haven't either. The vaguest odds though generally have a really like startling close idea to what's going on. Weirdly. Uh, and the the drastic shift in odds, I don't know if it's because this Reddit post just got, you know, it obviously went viral. I don't know if it just caused people to flock to betting on Levis. So the odds took a adjustment to avoid a lot like uh, odds makers from taking a huge loss. Like we've seen that kind of ever since Leicester City won the Premier League in 2015. I think that was 2015, 2014. Holy cow, was that that long ago? It was. Uh, they were wow. at the beginning of the season. So in case you didn't know, here's a little Premier League history lesson for you. Uh, Leicester City got promoted with Burnley and another club that I can't... I think Norwich. Yeah, it was uh, Leicester, Burnley, Norwich got promoted into the Premier League. The opening odds for Leicester to win the Premier League were 1-5,000. to 5, so uh to put that in to uh i i believe like they were plus five thousand so what that means is if you put a hundred bucks down you would win five thousand yeah uh a lot of lester faithful uh put money down on lester to win the club at five thousand to one it was never supposed to even be a discussion wasn't supposed to be close what do you know? Leicester comes out and wins the same year Aston Villa has the worst season in history and gets relegated. <laughs> uh, and 
a lot of the reports coming out after that were just how big oh, of a sucks. hit these bookmakers took. Like, to give yeah. you an idea, it was so big that there was a huge delay in paying out all the winnings. Which, naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Like, uh, like Gotta move some money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, since that happened, and we've seen uh, not major instances of it, but, you know, before that, betting wasn't legal in the U.S. outside of Las Vegas. Uh, now it's become more readily uh, available for people to engage with and participate yeah. with. So it's very possible that, because uh, I think at the time that that Reddit post was made, the odds for Will Levis to go first overall were 1 in 4,000. So that can give you an idea of if the Panthers decide to go off the assumed script for what we think they're going to do and they take Levis first, like there's going to be a lot of money lost by the FanDuel's, BetMGM, DraftKings, etc., etc. Not as much, though, since the odds are plus 500 <sighs> now. So, like, here's my thing, right? Uh, yes, 5,000 to one is bigger than 4,000 to one in terms of like payout. However, uh, in England at the time, you had to like go to a betting office to submit the bet. Whereas here you can get that push alert to your phone and place a bet within seconds. But on the same hand, they're also making a lot of money. Like because, because it is more easily available. Not only are they losing more money they're making yeah way more like for every 10 people that bet will levis to go one Mm -hmm. there's 50 people betting on bryce young yeah yeah yeah. so like absolutely that is gonna far outweigh the payout no it is but of if will levis does go one but it kind of it's it's an interesting situation to look at because contextually you look at the vegas odds shifting and you're like there's smoke where there's fire to this smoke but it could be as simple as trying to mitigate potential losses by these companies. That's yeah. all I'm no, saying. No, that's fair. I don't um, know, man. I just like, and maybe this is my naive optimism as a Colts fan. Yeah. I hate, I'm not going to say I hate, I don't know the guy. I don't like Will Levis. I hate the idea of the Colts drafting Will Levis. Mm-hmm. And everything coming out of the Colts camp is that we love Will Levis. Yeah. Which shatters my heart into a thousand pieces. Yeah. So if uh, Will Levis goes one, that means we're getting either Young or Stroud. And so, I I would... I, I, I mean, I might fly over the moon. I might sprout wings and fly to the moon. And yeah. I would just... I, the idea of us getting Levis... I, I'll say this. I'll say it like this. I've never been more... Dr- Nervous, nervous for, for a draft. Yeah, than you are right now. And I have never been more excited for a draft because uh, I've never like when we had the number one overall pick, it was Andrew Luck all day. Yeah, right. Like I know who we were taking, so there was not the mystery. Yeah. Now there's the mystery, which makes me nervous. But I, I'm a big Chris Ballard fan. I think he's done a phenomenal job at acquisition. I think what the players have done when they've gotten here yeah. has been what's been disappointing, but that's not Ballard's fault. Yeah, I'm a big Chris Ballard fan. And so I am excited at what Ballard can do in this draft, especially for a four-win, not-good football team that is, I think, better than we showed last season. Yeah. So if Ballard... With us being in this good position, it can get us good things and then uh, 
Shane Steichen, who I really also love, uh, can put us into the position we need to be in. I, we have a very good possibility at challenging the Jags for the division next year if it's done right. So yeah, that makes me excited. That that's true, but that's also not saying a whole lot. No, because like this no, is a week. This is probably the weakest division in football heading into this year. Outside. I would argue the NFC South. The point is though, the South by a lot. The more. South is weak. Period. Yeah, but I, AFC I would, NFC. I think the NFC South is significantly worse um, than the AFC South. Let me. I don't think it's a good. Let me tell you this though. Okay. Uh, you think so? Like you're nervous heading into this draft based very, on the quarterback. Uh, very. You are getting a taste of what I felt last year because the last two weeks Fair. leading up to the draft, all we heard about the Steelers at 20, I think it was, yeah. is Malik Willis. That's all we heard. <laughs> That's it. We were like, like, the reports were like, Kenny Pickett, it's a storybook ending, but the Steelers love Malik Willis. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you what I'm about to say take with a grain of salt. Because, you know, uh, this comes from fans, and fans tend to latch on to whatever rumor they want to believe in the most, you know? Which, I should say, this Will Levis rumor, I think has no validity to it. Yeah. It is completely me latching on to it because I want to. (laughs) Um, The discussion that I've been seeing take place on forums the last week in regards to the Levis link to Indy. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that Chris Ballard is generally the kind of person who does not let anything leak yeah. when oh, it comes to draft prep. That's a fact. So any report that comes out is to be taken with a grain of salt. Well, that's a fact. He has always been very close to the vest. Yeah. But we don't know that about Steichen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, the other thing, too, is... And Jim Ursay will say freaking anything. I mean, he's... Just screaming at fans and tossing hundies like I love Jim Mercer. You know, he will say anything. <laughs> um, the other thing is the Colts have a history of making picks that are kind of puzzling to analysts. Like for instance, the Shaquille Darius Leonard draft pick in the second yeah. round a few years ago. Following the draft, that was immediately labeled the worst pick in the draft, and it worked out okay. Uh, they I'd got say so. they got some flack for taking JT. That worked out. Uh, they got some flack for taking... Because the the big knock on JT coming out of college, the reason he wasn't a first-rounder, was because he, like, that was a running back who already had a lot of miles on him. Yeah, but... Wisconsin I, I ran. I don't him. remember the flack, really. Like, if there was anything, like, people saying they probably could have got him in the third, but, like... Well, like, a lot of people were, like... Uh, I don't remember a lot of flack for JT. But. Yeah, no, a lot of people were like, oh, this team needs a wide receiver. This That's is okay. a, we have Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack. Like, we don't need. Mack was coming off like a 1,200-yard season. Yeah, like, like the, the decision was a bit puzzling. No, I think Mac was hurt that year, actually. But, the like, the, po- the point was yeah. is they were deep at that yeah. position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, JT is, you know, the only one remaining. Yeah. But, I mean, the, this Colts team is not afraid to go off the – script if you will that i hate that i've used that word twice already but again as excited as that makes me it makes me equally nervous especially because i feel like in the past the last few years we've at least had a bit of it like we've been an 8 to 11 win team yeah like we've been a mediocre team we weren't supposed to win four games this year 
I, I would have thought I thought you guys were going to win more. That's what I'm saying. We were we weren't so, like we're not supposed to be bad. So that's that. why, like, if if we screw this up, we're gonna be bad again. Yeah. So like, in the past, I feel like we've been able to afford taking those risks. Yeah. Where to, Whereas to, now tomorrow, it feels like there's a lot more at stake. Tomorrow, you guys really need to get it right. Yeah. But let me give you my read on the quarterback situation. Do it regarding this draft. Do it. I think, and I think these are the perceptions. These are not are not necessarily. This is what I read on the reports. So, like, this is not necessarily my opinion. This is what I'm taking from things that are coming out. Yeah, uh, and it's looking like Will Levis it has the perceived highest floor, the highest guaranteed floor. Every quarterback has a knock against them, though. I say a. a relevant knock whether it's fair or unfair i don't think levis has the highest floor at all well let me let me let me tell you why i perceive that uh he's got decent enough arm talent not not talking about the accuracy but the power he's got decent enough arm talent he he's relatively smart based on the cognitive scores that were released he had like the third or second highest third highest score of the quarterbacks in this year's group. Uh, he's got the ideal size. Like all he's he like based on all these attributes, you would think that he has the highest floor. So like Bryce Young is obviously the smartest based on these test scores. He scored the highest. Uh, he's obviously got the highest ceiling, I'd say, and I don't think that's hard like I don't think that's hard to argue. Uh, but again I'm not saying this is fair. GMs get hung up on sizes. And while Bryce Young is not under six foot, he is six foot even. And I'm I'm wondering if that's enough to cause a team to hesitate on him. I thought Bryce Young was like five ten. No, he's six foot even, uh buck ninety, I believe. Um he I I, I need he's five ten, bro. Um according to the combine numbers had him listed at six interesting but there was also a report that those numbers were pre-recorded so like the like if he's uh, if he's six foot i think he gets away from that kind of like size uh label that's unfairly hung on players at times if he's under six foot i think that is enough to cause some of these teams to to hesitate to pick another player over him uh, the only thing against Stroud is his cognitive score test, and traditionally Ohio State quarterbacks don't really pan out that well. According to this article, his combine measurements were 5'10 and 1'8. Well, that's that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Where was I seeing six foot at? I don't know. But anyway, no, I have a question. When you're when you're saying your assessment of the reports. Are you saying you think Will Levis has the highest floor to general managers? Yes. Okay. So there his I'm you say- think general managers perceive he has the highest floor. You don't think he has the highest Correct. floor. Correct. Okay. I was about to say there's nothing based nothing on the reports that have been coming out. Okay. I believe that general managers believe okay. 
that he has the highest floor. I was going to say, because they're, like, to me, mm-hmm. with eye test and stats and competition, there is not a single downside to Bryce Young. Other than the size. Outside of his size. Yeah. It is asinine to me to say anyone has the highest floor except Bryce Young. Because what you're saying by that is if they all played at their worst, Will Levis will be the best. That Yeah, that is... That and is, I think that is asinine. That is what I'm saying, but yeah, that is not but that's what how, I believe. Yeah, that's how you... You're saying that's how you think you're gathering GMs perceive yes. the quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, continuing on. Yes, sorry. Stroud, in my opinion, Stroud has the highest four. I disagree. However... A lot of teams appear to have taken them off his draft board due to his poor cognitive uh, test result. Is that fair? I don't think so. Uh, Lamar Jackson did not do well on the Wonderlick, and this is the replacement for the Wonderlick. We see players do poorly on these tests. That doesn't mean that they turn into bad players, but I think it gives teams some pause when it comes to remembering playbooks, stuff like Audible, stuff like that. Two things. Okay. One, um, I think Bryce Young ends up being the best. Okay. I don't think most players reach their ceiling, right? Yeah. So I think Bryce Young will be better than C.J. Stroud, but I think C.J. Stroud has a higher ceiling than Bryce Young. Really? But I don't think... I think Bryce Young has a much bigger potential of actually hitting his ceiling. Yeah, I, I'd agree and with so, that. And so, like, that's why... Like, I think Bryce Young... Is better going to be better than CJ Stroud, but I think if both played at their best, I think CJ Stroud would be better. I, um, I think whoever lands in Houston is going to be a bust, and I don't think it's I don't think it's indicative of them. I think I don't think it'll be one of them. Surely it will. They're going to take it. So like the report is is that the, the Texans aren't sold on someone at no, two. No, 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 no. The report is Adam Schefter. The, he's very confident the Texans will not take a quarterback at two. Okay, so this might be unfair of me to say. I know Adam Schefter's been an insider for a really long time, but he's also had egg on his face more than any other league insider, not just NFL, but NBA, NHL. I'm very unfamiliar with MLB. I would challenge that. Uh Brian Winhurst has been wrong a lot. In the I don't NBA. know who that is. He's an insider for the NBA. Been wrong a lot. No, there's only one insider for the NBA, and it's there's Woj. Like four: Woj, Sham Sharania, Brian Winhurst. Oh, I forget about Sharania. But like, I like it's the same thing. Uh, but like, but Adam Schefter has been doing it for much longer, and he rarely gets things wrong. Like he get like. Well, like if we take his whole history. Yes, but the last year or two, we've had, like, we've seen him report something, and then players come out and be like, that is, uh, like, just ridiculously false. And we've seen players get upset about it. But we've also seen him report stuff, players come out and say, that's false, and then it happens. I don't, I just, like, it's just, it's me person, me personally, sorry, my, my, uh volume for my headset (laughs) i accidentally like hit it and i was like oh no did my mic just cut out um it's like this is me personally i'm not saying everyone should be like this me personally though 
if I see Schefter has reported something, I immediately go look and see if Rappaport has reported it as well. Yeah, I mean, which usually he does. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- so whereas, my second thing. Whereas if Rappaport uh, reports something. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rappaport's all, the last couple of years, he's had a few very incorrect things as well. I mean, um, like, I guess that's just the nature of like I think the inside. Rappaport is also a lot more better, more better, a lot better about owning it, though. He I think, like, I think, I guess, like my perception is that Rappaport will hold off on being the first one to report something to verify it, yeah. where Schefter is like, "Let me get this out immediately." I, I, I don't agree. I, I have a lot of trust in Shefty. Like, I, like. I think Shefty and Ian are the two guys of the NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if they put out anything, I'm going to trust it until I have a reason not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just, like... Um, for me, personally. Yeah. And, like, I, I probably... Like, if I leaned one way, it probably would be Rappaport. But, like, I, I like both of them a lot. Again, I'm not I'm not saying that you should think the same way I do. I'm just yeah. telling you. No, this, I got you. This is what I personally I got believe. So, the second thing I was going to say. Okay. Um, this test... It's called the S2 test. Yeah. Is supposedly a lot more in depth and yeah. a lot more telling. Yeah. It, it's uh, supposed so like, to be the like. It is the Wonderlick replacement, but I think guys are relying on it a lot more because supposedly it is significantly more telling. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people had pause. But the guy who, uh, who started this test, who did this test, was his doctorate in psychology and like came up with this test, was on the Pat McAfee show the other day. And uh, he said there was a guy who they took the test at the combine, um, but he had been through a lot and he was really tired that day and blah, 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 and scored horribly. But when they did it at the combine, that's the scores they put out. Mm -hmm. And so they did it again for him at his pro day. And he did significantly better, but that one was never reported on. Yeah. And he wouldn't say it was C.J. Stroud, but when they asked him, they asked him, they're like, so C.J. Stroud is like, I'm not, I'm not saying it was C.J. Stroud. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was C.J. Stroud. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it, he didn't outright say it, but he very much Implied. made it seem like C.J. Stroud had been going through a lot, was in a very tough place when he took it the first time yeah and when he retook it did substantially better yeah again i'm not saying that all of these things are fair yeah oh no you know one thousand percent but and like when it comes around this time there's a lot of information flying from everywhere and it the conversation is okay well who is leaking this and i think the conversation that a lot of people don't think about unless they listen to podcasts like these religiously is the why the information's coming out so for instance if i'm the colts and i want stroud uh at the time that this information came out it looked like the first four picks were all going to be quarterbacks yeah i might try and uh say oh accidentally i accidentally sent out this report that says cj stroud's undraftable to us yeah hoping that he falls to four yeah uh moving back though to the original conversation about like you know perception around quarterbacks coming into this draft uh anthony richardson appears to be the most volatile prospect of the quarterback group yeah uh it looks like he has all the makings to be very good similar to 
a lot of people are comparing him to Cam Newton. And I think while play style wise, that's accurate. I think that's an accurate and good comparison. I think as a prospect, we should be comparing him to Josh Allen. Because remember, Josh Allen's knock was he has the potential to be amazing. But it's going to take the right development. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen obviously got that development. We look at the teams associated with some of these quarterbacks, linked to some of these quarterbacks. You have the Texans. Not where I want to go if I have a player that's very development dependent. Not at all. Uh, you got the Raiders. Kind of iffy. Josh McDaniels. I mean, hey, not those Josh you can't do teach. Uh, Maybe Davis Mills will be a great mentor. Wait, is it Josh McDaniels? At, in Oakland? Yeah. yeah. Is he Vegas? related to Mike McDaniels? It's Mike McDaniel. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Josh McDaniels apparent like supposedly has like one of the worst track records since he came out uh, in Denver, like went to that hot start, and they found out he was cheating. Uh, apparently, like like so, I'm relying on my memory, and as we addressed last episode, like I have a really good sport memory, but there's a lot in there, so I don't know the specific years. I think it was the early teens. 20 like 20 teams uh he joined denver they go out to like a six and one He's start the head coach of denver. yeah they, he, they come out to like a six and one start uh it comes out that he's been doing this thing i can't remember what it was exactly i think it was like taping practices or something like that uh that report comes out they it's addressed and then they <laughs> go like oh and 12 or something like that the rest of the season like it's obnoxious and since then the records haven't been what they've been expected to be for teams that he's been at the helm of. Granted, it's Denver and Vegas, yeah. but we can only make judgments based off what we have seen. Um, you have, so we got the Texans, Raiders. With DJ Moore being traded to Chicago as part of the tr- trade that landed Carolina the first overall pick, I'm not confident in the weapons that they have there yeah. to be good for bring for developing a quarterback. I definitely think they're going to need to pick up a second round weapon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but they they don't have a second round pick this year anymore. That went over to Chicago. You're right. So they right. really, Dang. they've they do they didn't have, do themselves any favor. They do have Adam Thielen. They also have Frank Reich, who does have a good yep. history with quarterbacks. Yep. They do. Uh, I think, as far as like developments concerned, if I'm Anthony Richardson, I think the best case scenario is the Colts for him. I, Not for the Colts, but for Richardson and his development. Because like, I really would rather not have Richardson. Yeah. But I would be much more happy with Richardson than I would be with Levis. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I do think the Colts are the best destination for any of these quarterbacks coming in. Because, like, look at the – they have Michael Pittman Jr. The Who do you think is better? Uh, well, I, get, I have, guess maybe when you're saying the best. You have an established all-pro running back. I would say maybe – Vegas, no. because at least he would. I think anyone who goes to Vegas is going to sit behind Jimmy for a little bit. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're going to start right away. I'm talking, and I think Jimmy is a vet who could lead a good young quarterback. I mean, we just yeah. saw Brock Purdy; like he was Mister Irrelevant for a reason, right? Yeah. Like, 
I, I'm not going to say Jimmy was the reason Purdy became what he became, but I, I'm definitely not going to say he wasn't a reason. I mean, that's like, a, it's a hard conclusion to jump to. I, I just find it hard to believe Jimmy building. did not have an impact on Mr. Irrelevant being... Oh, I'm sure he did. Probably the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the last half of the season. I'm sure he played a impact, but I think the... I think it's more likely that the impacting factors were the ball was just dropped on this guy because he went to, not Purdue. Iowa. I always want to say he went to Purdue. No, it wasn't Iowa. Was it Purdue? Iowa State, maybe? Can you, I think it was can Iowa you look State. It up real fast? Uh, I think it was Iowa State. But the point is, is he didn't go to your typical uh, college that's known for putting out NFL Iowa talent. State. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... I think that was a possible indicating factor. I mean, yeah. I think landing in San Francisco, uh, elite offensive line, yeah. elite weapons, elite tight end, which only like four teams have one of those. And they had two, you know, at the time that uh, Purdy came in, they had two really strong running backs in Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey yeah. to go along with a very potent defense. Like that was a... I just think historically the best development for a young quarterback has been sitting behind a veteran quarterback. I mean, we have seen that. We we've seen that happen, but we've also seen guys come in and, you know, take over the ropes. But usually it's season. guys with great track records in college, which Anthony Richardson doesn't have, which Will Levis doesn't have. Yeah. So like you have your your Justin Herberts who come out just Swing breaking records, yeah, but he was phenomenal at Oregon, yeah. He you know, was. you have your Josh Allen's who, um, actually needed development coming out, but he was really good at Cal, right? Josh Allen, USC, not Cal, Josh UCLA, Allen, no, neither Wisconsin, no, where did Josh Allen go? Wyoming? Why that's what I said, that is exactly that's what, what you said, yeah. Uh, Jared Goff went to Cal, that's what I'm thinking of, yep. Uh, so like, I, I just think like. With young guys who don't have the same success in yeah. college, the best thing for them typically has been sitting behind a vet. Not not always for sure, and there's a possibility. And as far as like destinations go to yeah. quarterback needy teams, I guess Indianapolis would be the worst of all the evils, or mm-hmm. the best of all the evils, because they do have not enough weapons, but more weapons than the rest mm-hmm. in a hopefully fixed offensive line. If Jeff Saturday did anything, it was make that offensive line better. Um, a really, really good running back. Well, hold on. Some decent weapons in Pittman and Pierce. Let's not say that the offensive line was... So, like, the offensive line was way worse than it was expected to be. It was a bottom five offensive line the first seven games. No, no, season. it was. It was. Yeah. And, like, you know... I guess what you say, like, he fixed the offensive line, like, that is true. But, like, it's not like you had the Steelers' offensive line, you know? Like, the Steelers' offensive line was terrible, but it was expected to be terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all's greatest strength turned into your greatest weakness out of nowhere. And we did lose our left tackle. You did. And we we need a new left tackle. Like, we still have that that needs to be addressed, which is arguably the most important position on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you absolutely. have a right-handed quarterback. But, like, look at Quentin Nelson last but, year. Quentin Nelson did not have a great yeah. year last year. Yeah. And he's supposed to be the greatest guard in the league 
possibly ever. Yeah. Like no, yeah, that, no. Like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, we definitely performed under expected, right? If we performed yeah. the way we're meant to, that never would have happened. But the fact is, yeah. we didn't, and it got significantly better when Jeff did. So hopefully, it's back to what it should be. Yeah, yeah. So if he were to go to somewhere with a great offensive line, with great running back, with decent weapons, I'm not going to say great weapons, but mm-hmm. Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods has the potential to be great if we throw him the damn football, dang football. Um, so like that's the uh, that's I, a tight end out of Virginia, six six. Sure, I don't know where he's huge where he went to college, but he is a massive dude that does nothing but score touchdowns. But we throw him three balls a year, so and like, he catches those three balls. Yeah. Um, um, but, like, yeah, I, I guess when you say it's the best place for these quarterbacks, when I said I disagree, I kind of meant, like, I don't think it's a good place, but I don't think any of them are good places. So I guess if you're going to pick the best place, it would be in Realistically, if you're picking in the top five. You're not a good place yeah. to go. And, like, the other thing is, is, like, when you can sit a quarterback behind a vet, I think that's the preferred way of approach. But a lot of these teams don't have that luxury, if I mean, you we will. got Gardner Minshew, baby. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and outside of Vegas, as of right now, of the teams linked to a starting quarterback, that's the that's the, probably the best one. Yeah. Like. Sam Darnold's in Carolina. No, he's not. I don't think he is anymore. I'm pretty sure he signed a backup role in like San Francisco or something. San Francisco. I'm pretty sure as of right now, the starter in Carolina is Matt Corral. Uh, it is certainly San Francisco. You're right. Uh, but I mean, Houston's got Davis Mills, which they leaned on this like two quarterback system toward the end of the year last year. That's not sustainable in the NFL. Uh, Let's see, there's let's see, Houston. Again, Vegas has Jimmy G, but it's looking like they're going to miss out on a quarterback this year. Yeah. But that might not be the worst thing for them because according to a NFL exec, again, no, it's not listed. So we're kind of having to take this at face value, if you will, or not face value, but like with a degree of skepticism. Because like, yeah. like we said earlier, you got to look at why – information might be leaking uh they like caleb williams more than any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft a lot of people like caleb williams more than any other quarterbacks in this draft has there ever been a you i get well carson palmer went the usc he turned out pretty good but like outside of that usc is not great at producing wide receiver or quarterbacks but before we move forward the last quarterback Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Obviously not the last quarterback in the draft, but the last one worth talking about. The biggest knock I've seen about him is he's got the potential to be really good, really solid, really consistent. You're likely going to have to take him before his like current talent level is assessed at. So right now he's assessed as a second-round talent quarterback. But if you want him, you're probably going to have to take him in the first. Because yeah. someone is likely going to take him in the first. The biggest knock I've seen against Hendon Hooker, two really, uh, is one coming off the ACL injury. Yeah. Which was late in the year last year. It was. So he's probably not going to play for the first part of this year. Uh, and two, he's already 25. Yeah. I mean, he's like less than a year younger than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, Kenny Pickett was 25. Definitely... I think so. 
Yeah, I think Kenny oh, Pickett. Because right. Kenny Pickett spent five years in college. But that would make him like 23. Kenny Pickett's 24. Uh, yeah, 23. But. When, at the draft. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, I don't know, man. I, I like Hendon Hooker a lot. I am willing to give up two years on a guy who I think is going to be good. Like, I, yeah. I don't think Hendon Hooker is a fourth overall pick. No. I would rather the Colts take Hendon Hooker for Take than Hendon Levis. Hooker over Richardson or Levis. Okay. What I, I, what I think would be ideal, well, ideal would be we get Bryce Young. But yeah. I think, it, let's say Bryce Young is gone, what would be ideal for me as a Colts fan Stroud. would be us trading out. Mm-hmm. If if we're left with Hooker, Richardson, or Levis, yeah, ideal for me would be us trading out a four to the Titans who have eleven, to the Raiders who have seven, to fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in there, like trading out of that pick to a mid round pick mm-hmm. and some others to gain more draft capital, yeah, and then take Hooker there, so we're not wasting the fourth overall pick. But we're getting a guy who I personally, and what am I, considered to be better than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. No, that's fair. Despite being two years older than both. Three years older than both. So, I said the Colts is the best landing spot for a quarterback like this year. That's only considering the first four picks, though. Yeah. Uh, I think Hooker is likely to be the guy who lands in the best overall spot because he's probably going to go later and he's probably going to go to a team that can use the luxury of having him sit behind a quarter, another quarterback well, I mean, for a have year to sit or two. Another quarterback. I mean, it's likely. Not I mean, likely. It's not possible. Like he can't play the first half of the season. I mean, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like necessity-wise for development, not yeah. oh, because yeah. of injury. Uh, so I think Hooker is going to end up in the best spot, and I think Hooker might get off to the best start to his career when you factor in like playing time. I'm not going to say he's going to get like the best start, you know, overall because likely he's going to be the fifth quarterback to see the field of the quarterbacks taken in this draft. He's probably yeah. going to be the fifth, like you know, there's going to be four other guys that see it before he does. Yeah, uh, but. We've gotten that out of the way. That took a while, yeah, a, lot, a little bit longer than we uh, I expected. To kind of wrap up real quick, okay. I think we have a pretty good idea about the top four picks. Yeah, I Carolina's think... taking a quarterback. Yeah, Houston. To me, you said you don't believe it. I don't know what Houston's going to do. I've heard a lot of confidence from not just Adam Schefter, but a lot of different places. Yeah, that they're taking a defensive player. Arizona does not pick three. Yeah, they, they obviously trade. And I think it's with the Titans, up to three. if I'm being honest. I pray to God it's not the Titans. But it's it's the Titans, it's the Raiders, it's the Colts. It's someone who moves up to three to get the quarterback they want so that they don't lose them to Indy at four. Yeah. And then Indy at four takes a quarterback or trades up to three to get their guy. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things. And you know what's great? Like, as confident as we can be in what's going to happen with those four picks, we have no freaking clue what's going to happen with those four picks. And that's I mean, what I love about the draft. I mean, I would say we have a pretty good idea at one. But we, but anything can happen. Oh, Any, as far as them happen. taking a quarterback, sure. Yeah. 
But like, if they anything take, could happen, and that is what is so fun about the NFL draft. I think the Panthers are going to take Young. If they take Levis, though, this draft explodes. I think they take Young. I pray to God they take Levis. If they take Levis, I would not be shocked at Arizona trading immediately out of pick three. And I also wouldn't be shocked at Houston trading out of two. I Because, like, think about it. Think about it. Houston needs it. The only thing they don't need is a running back. I really think... The only reason Houston is so confident in a defensive player, or so hell-bent on a defensive player, yeah, is because they think the best guy, the best NFL-ready guy, is going to be gone at one. Yeah. So I think if Will Levis goes first, all of that, fly, all, everything Houston has said, everything that's come out of Houston's camp, flies it, out yeah. the window and they're taking Young at two. Can I tell you what I if do? If Young is available at two, I cannot imagine a world where Houston does not draft him. Can I tell you what I do if I'm Houston? Yeah. If it, Let's say this is under the assumption that Levis goes first. And you're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Because for the number two pick, I don't... like. If I'm the GM of the Texans, I don't take Young number two. I take Stroud at 2, Smith and Joba at 12. Yeah, I think you're crazy. I mean, you're welcome to think that. That's just why. why. Uh, the pre like the pre-established college chemistry mainly. You get like the best thing you can do especially for a team like Houston who doesn't like they like we were just talking about how like Carolina doesn't have weapons. But it's either Hold on. It's either Levis or Young. What do you mean? Stroud isn't even possibly going one. No, I'm not talking about Stroud going one. But either way, if Will Levis is taking one or if Bryce Young is taking one, Stroud's available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm what I'm saying is if I'm the Texans GM, that's my game plan going into the draft. It doesn't change if Levis or Young is the first overall pick. Interesting. Because, like, so, like, we mentioned how Carolina has no weapons. They have significantly better weapons than than uh, Houston does. Houston doesn't have, like, Houston's number one wide receiver right now is John Mechie, who could be really good. He was really good in college, but we don't know when he's going to be back on the field. Yeah. Because of his unfortunate cancer prognosis. Like, we don't know when that fruit is going to come into season. I don't know why I went that direction, but I did. (laughs) Uh, So, for me, if I'm taking a quarterback, which the Texans probably should do. I did mention how they need literally everything but a running back. But, you know, we've been talking about how important quarterbacks are the last two pods. Like quarterback is an important position it's an important position to get right and if taking stroud who is perceived to be a very solid options option before this s2 test came out pairing him with his go-to target from college it seems to be like a slightly popular thing based on what we've seen from burrow chase because like we've seen like i mean look at Look at Pittsburgh. There's been mocks of them Pick taking Jordan Addison. 
yeah. from Pitt. Uh, we don't need a wide receiver, but you're seeing the cause and effect of taking a number one combo from a, from college and implementing it in NFL. There's still not enough data out there to support if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. But the Texans are in a unique position with this draft to give it a shot. I get what you're saying. I I just I think again, I'm crazy high on Bryce Young. This mm-hmm. has been established. I just think the gap between Young and every other quarterback in this draft is too vast to let the no, fact you're, that you're really a, high on Bryce Young. A college teammate affect my pick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's just me. I'm I'm probably gonna eat these words one day. But, but you're really sold on Bryce Young. I am. I am not sold on any of these guys. That's fair. That's so fair. to me, that is the most uh, attractive way forward. Yeah. I'm not like, again, who am I? You know. Yeah. But to me, I'm not sold on any of these quarterbacks. So if I'm taking one, if I, and I'm the Texans, and I have the opportunity at twelve to address one a position of need. And to give my new rookie quarterback some sense of familiarity, I'm gonna do it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I so, get it. You're moving, wrong, but I get it. Moving forward, I'm gonna give you a couple groups, and I want you to tell me which of these is the best. Okay. In your opinion. Okay. So uh, we're starting out with Iowa tight ends. Okay. Uh, Noah Fant. Okay. I'm, I can't. I never get this guy's name right. Didn't George Kittle go to Iowa? George Kittle. That's not the guy that I was lost on. The tight end from Detroit got traded to Minnesota. Hawkinson. I always want to say Henderson, but it's Hawkinson. So, Fant, Kittle, Hawkinson. Or uh, LSU wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell, Jarvis Landry. There's three more, so bear with me. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's got Bama running backs: Derrick Henry, Najee, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram. Clemson wide receivers: DeAndre Hopkins, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, and lastly, Ohio State defensive linemen: the Bosa's, Chase Young, Cameron Hayward. I think it's LSU wide receivers, and I don't think it's close. Really? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean, really? I mean, okay. So Every like, single one of those wide receivers you just named, with the exception of Jarvis Landry, who has been criminally underrated his entire career, has at one point in time been considered the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think... And I'm not saying Jarvis Landry I don't think should he, have been considered when I say he's criminally underrated, but he has been criminally underrated. I don't think Jamar Chase has been considered the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I think... So and, and I, you're right. Yeah. And I would... He will be. Before this past season, I would say the same about Justin Jefferson. I also would venture... I I, I also don't know if Odell has ever been the best wide receiver in the league. He did get a lot of hype. He did make a lot of great catches, a lot of great runs after catch. I think for he a had, couple of seasons, he was, I, for me, the consensus best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, it's easy to say that, like remembering back on the Odell hype machine, and I'm not saying it wasn't deserved. He was very good. Yeah. He was very elite for f- the first four years of his career, but... 
I think that hype kind of drowns out some of the other wide receivers that were around at that time. I'm going to disagree. But and I, I, think, I think Alabama running backs is a strong argument as well. That's your number two? Yeah. Really? And then I Ohio go, State. I go I, Ohio State's my number one. And then probably Iowa and then Clemson. Okay. The really? Clemson one was pretty weak. Really? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins? D-Hop was the only one in there that... T. Higgins? T. Higgins is a solid wide receiver, too. But he's the only one in there that's a two. You don't think Mike Williams is a two? No. Really? That's I, a no, no, hot no, 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 no. Take. no, 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 no. Mike Williams is a two, but Mike Williams could be a one on other teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like Jarvis Landry is a two, could be a one on other teams. I think maybe at one point. I don't know about anymore. Well, maybe not right now, but we're not talking about just right now. I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think Hunter. I don't think T. Higgins has ever had the possibility of being a one. I think there is one player on this list who is criminally underrated. Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro. I agree. I, I'm a big Hunter Renfro fan. I really... Okay, so like, Hunter Renfro in Vegas has been good. Like oh, it's my been, boy is quick. It's been a good uh, fit so yeah. far. I really want to see what Hunter Renfro would be in a situation where he was the one. I As underrated as Hunter Renfro is, I don't think he's as underrated as Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has always been overshadowed by Not Miami. He, when it was, he was him in and, Miami for like three years. He was in Miami like the first seven years of his career. Nah. Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm thinking of Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm thinking of he Chris went to Godwin. Penn State. I'm thinking of Chris Godwin. Yeah. Land, so, yeah, Landry spent like Landry, seven years in phenomenal, Miami. and he was a very not, good. Wide receiver one, yeah. But I don't like so like in the sense yeah, where like yeah, yeah. Justin, I was thinking in my head was Chris Godwin, yeah. but Landry's still great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like where, like so like where Jefferson, Chase, D Hop, those are clear cut like number ones. You get a number two to compliment. Yeah, I think Landry at the peak of his career was best in a, like a one A one B scenario. Still a solid one. Though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, like, absolutely. I. As underrated as I think he is, I don't think Hunter Renfro is a wide receiver one. I don't think he is, but I would like to see what happens. Again, not in Vegas. I don't think Vegas is the best proving ground for what Renfro is. I agree. But, like, Carolina, Houston, like, I would be very curious as what the results would be. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. You know, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but we're – this hour flew right by, so – uh I'm going to try and make these last couple things quick. I'm going to end on a mock draft. Okay. Not a full mock draft. I'm just telling you where this guy has the quarterbacks going. Okay. And specifically the first four quarterbacks. Okay. Okay. Uh, Trey Lance. Reports come out that the market's thin. However, uh, not, not John Lynch. Is it John Lynch? Yeah, John Lynch. GM of the 49ers? Uh, John Lynch has come out and said, hey, like the market is thin. That is a true report, but we haven't exactly been like, hey, come trade for Trey Lance, yeah. you know? Uh, I think it's likely Trey Lance gets traded. And this po- this is kind of, I'm kind of comboing two points, two discussions I had here. I think Trey Lance gets traded. That being said, though, if a team 
if they trade Trey Lance, do you think it is one of the teams who are going to commit to a rebuild going into like tomorrow night? Like they're the the moves they make. It is not a let's sustain success. It's a this isn't going to work, and we should fix it before it's apparent. I think. Who do you think pulls the trigger? I think the only way Lance is successful mm-hmm. is in that situation. In San Francisco? No, no, no. In a team rebuilding around him specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to see Carolina. Really? We've seen Carolina have success with a rushing quarterback. We have? We know Trey Lance from college. We haven't seen enough of him in the NFL due to injury, due to being a backup. Like, we haven't seen enough of him in the NFL. But in college, he was a prolific rusher, mm-hmm. takes care of the football. Carolina needs everything offensively, right? Need tight ends, need wide receivers, need a running back. They have a guy yeah. who's old but still a vet in this league, in Adam Thielen, who I think could help him. Again, we've seen them have success with a rushing quarterback, which Trey Lance could be. Yeah. And I think they have a lot of potential to have a defense that could carry that team pretty well mm-hmm. uh, while they're in this rebuild. Really fast. Was last year Trey Lance's rookie year? No. Two Three years year ago. Before. Okay. Uh, okay. But he, he, he was a backup yeah, his yeah. whole rookie year. Um, which, like, that, like Trey Lance coming out of college was a uh, – very similar to Josh Allen and Richardson in the sense of like this is a very yeah. raw, high ceiling, low floor. Yeah. Very much depends on how you develop. I guy. I think ideally it would be Carolina, but I don't think they trade out of number one. Yeah, th- no. So I don't think it happens. As far as who pulls the trigger, um I could see it being Vegas. Mm-hmm. Because of the already established relationship Jimmy G is already between Jimmy there. G, yeah, uh, and I think I think Josh McDaniels is arrogant enough that he thinks he could. Okay, with with him, and I think that is a team that needs to rebuild. And so I I, I, I think if if a team's going to do it, I could see it being Vegas. There is a team I haven't seen mentioned, and if I'm the GM. I'm wanting to pull the trigger on bringing in Trey Lance, but I know I can't do it directly. I have to call a team like the Titans and say, hey, if you acquire him, I'll pay more than you did to get him on my team. And I think it just it makes it's it makes too much sense, so it's not going to happen. Seattle. I I mean I could see Seattle. I I don't he think cared. that would be smart for Tennessee. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, like, San Francisco will never trade Trey Lance to Seattle. Yeah. That, that will never happen. You're never going to trade a player that you traded three first-round picks to trade up and get. At to the, a division rival. To a division rival. Yeah. Because, like, let's be realistic about Trey Lance. If he gets traded, it's not going to be for a first, second, or a third. Unless it's one of those – unless it's a situation like I just described – I think the price to get Trey Lance from San Francisco is two mid-round picks. Yeah. I think that's because like, I mean like players, maybe a third players in the NFL have 
are like cars that you buy brand new. The they set. depreciate very quickly. But at like an even faster rate. Yeah. So like you buy a new car, you drive it off the lot, it's instantly worth like three-fifths of what it was. Yeah. You get a quarterback and he doesn't start. And when he does start, he gets hurt. It might be unfair to slap an injury-prone label on him, but that's the label that's slapped on him. I think I, th- I could see the Titans, especially if they're unable to secure a trade up into the top five. I could see the Titans going out and getting Trey Lance. I think that would be so dumb. I mean... I think that would be so dumb it's for the a, Titans. Yeah, but like for what they would, what it would cost to get him, it's I don't a very... I the Titans are in rebuild mode. I think they should be. I think they should be, but I don't think they are. Yeah, yeah. I, and so if they're not going to commit to it, I think that's a stupid decision from the Titans, and I don't think they're going to commit to it. I So, like, here's my idea. If I'm the GM... Because if they commit to it, I don't think they're doing it with Mike Vrabel. I, no, I, I think they could do it with Mike Vrabel. I think they could. I don't think they would. I, th- I think they would. Mike Vrabel's been a really good coach. I agree. Despite, like, and like I've, I've I've said, I think he's been the best coach the last six years in the NFL. And I have I have you know countered that. We've had this discussion on this pod. I I I genuinely like Mike Vrabel though. I love. Mike. I think he I think he has a very long future in this league as a head coach. That is my belief. I agree. Uh, however, I, I I think I said on this podcast I wanted him to get fired and the Colts the Colts to yeah, hire. Um, if I'm GM of the Titans, I'm trading for Trey Lance, taking a flyer because like what two fourth round picks? That's a flyer. Yeah. The 49ers would I mean, accept that. You fair. could probably get it for a little less, a fourth and a fifth. You you throw a flyer out on him, see what you got. Uh, I think Trey Lance is a better Malik Willis. So I think that's an upgrade. You still have Tannehill, so he can sit behind another quarterback with a slightly different play style who's been in different situations in his career. That's a whole new book of knowledge to give him. You're coming into a decent O-line, not the best, but you have one of the best running backs unless they commit full to the rebuild and they trade him. Uh, Because, again, Henry and Tannehill are both hot names around the uh, trade rumor market right now. Yeah. But I think you you trade those fourth round picks, get Trey Lance, you're sitting at 11, take a wide receiver, take Smith and Jobu. Or if you don't like him, there's Jordan Addison and the, and if you're not sold on him, Quentin Johnson is the third guy and there's been a lot of hype of him falling out of the first, but there are options. Yeah. Uh listen man, not only are we over an hour. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I just got the low battery thing on my okay. Mac. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. I got one thing. It's not going to take long. It might take a minute though. <laughs> I got 10% battery. Let's I, see if we can make it. Maybe. It will. The, yeah. It's the final <laughs> countdown here. <laughs> final countdown. Do you know who Bucky Brooks is? I thought you had 10%. That's no. enough to get us copyrighted. I don't. Oh, sugar britches. You're right. Yeah, I don't is. know who that is. No, uh, he's a writer for ESPN. Does a lot of draft work. Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. It's not his real name. I mean, it's a great name though. Sorry. Right. Real or fake? He released a mock draft. I was only able to really make it through the high notes, specifically where he had quarterbacks going. So I have the top four quarterbacks. He has Bryce Young going number one. He's got C.J. Stroud going number four. So Bryce Young, P. 
Panthers, number one. Stroud for Colts. He's got Will Levis going number 12 to the Texans. Okay. He's got Anthony Richardson. And this would... Let me just say this. If this... There is no singular move that is likely to occur tomorrow that would send the league into as much of a tailwind as this pick. Okay. Anthony Richardson... 22nd overall to the Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) There is no move that would cause the as big of a cascading of it. I mean, first of all, if that happens, Lamar Jackson's not a Raven. Lamar Jackson's not a Raven one. I mean, like I could see them wanting to bring him in for like two years to like help, but there's no way Lamar Jackson agrees to that. No. Colts fans riot, and probably Jim Irsay runs to uh, the owner of the Aussie Newsom and burns his house down. Uh, I don't think the Texans really care. I don't think the Panthers really care. I think the Raiders and the Titans jump in on this massive bidding war that then breaks out. I don't like this if this were to happen and like let's just let's just you know get this out of the way there's no way this no shot there's no chance that if richardson falls to where like you know where he would be available at 22 there's no chance that the raiders the titans both pass yeah no shot like there's no i honestly i wouldn't even be shocked if the jets swooped in you you just brought in rogers he's going to be there at least a year i i i imagine the only Maybe way even I can two. See, the only way I can see this being a possibility is if Lamar's traded before. Yeah, to one of these teams. Yeah. And if you're gonna trade Lamar, I think you gotta do it yeah. during the draft, if not before. Trade him to the Colts. Trade him uh, to the Colts. But though that is that is Bucky Brooks' last mock wow. draft before the draft. Wow. Yeah. And that is uh I mean Mock drafts are designed to get views. Mock drafts get a lot more views than your standard article. And when they say something wild like this, they get even more views. So is it possible that this is just a click, not clickbait because it wasn't in the headline, you know, but like, is it possible that this was just thrown in there as a way to kind of generate some buzz around this article? Absolutely. But as we addressed a couple of times throughout this podcast the draft is unreasonable it makes no sense and we have no idea what is the only thing we know for a certainty is that roger goodell's getting booed at the podium (laughs) amen to that brother outside of that your guess is as good as mine is as good as my grandfather's i am excited yeah no it's gonna be a fun time uh drafts on espn the first three rounds are anyway. I don't know about the. I think the last four are on ESPN too. But uh, I think they're fun. I'm also a really big nerd. Amen to that, brother. So you might not think they're as fun as me. Uh, if you're listening to this, don't call me during the draft. <laughs> I'm going to call you. You can text. If you call, I'm not answering. I will answer your phone call only if it is right after or right before the Colts pick or the Steelers. I'm or the Titans. During the Steelers pick. If you do that, I'm not answering the phone. I just need you to be aware of that. 
I will tell your grandparents to call you during the Steelers game. Why would you do something like that? No, my granddad's going to be watching the draft. And if my, granddad, if my granddad's watching it, my grandmother is probably not watching it, but I'm she's probably going to read a book. And I'm going to say, call your grandson right now. It's an emergency. If it's an emergency, why would you be telling someone else to call me instead of you calling me? That doesn't make any sense, logically speaking. But he's a grandfather. Oh, my God. If he sees emergency and grandson, he's going to call you. If he sees emergency and grandson on Thursday, he's not going to thank me. He's going to thank my cousin Patty who comes in the town on Friday. If he's getting a text from me, you think he's going to be thinking about Patty? I, I, no, but I think if I think he knows that if there was an emergency involving me, the communication would not come from you. Well, I'll just say Thomas. So not Patty. Not grandson. I'll say Thomas. Why would you do this? You're getting a phone call during the Steelers draft. Why would you do this? That's incredibly rude. Turner, call Thomas during the Steelers draft. Let me just say this. Also, I know we're low on battery. Yep. What are we at? Like eight? Seven? Eight. Eight? Okay. I know I'm going to be disappointed with the draft tomorrow for the Steelers as like a fan. <laughs> The only reason I know that, though, is because, like, the last two drafts, drafts for the Steelers have been exceptionally entertaining because we've gotten a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, not a tight end, a quarterback. And uh, once you have those, you don't need those anymore. Offensive linemen, though. Off- like, that is a boring pick, but it's, it, like what's needed it is what's needed if the and i've seen a lot of hype around the steelers taking a defense like a safety a linebacker defensive end cornerback for me as a steelers fan it's got to be offensive linemen unless there's just a crazy run on linemen if there's a crazy run on linemen between picks 10 and 20 which i think that's when this is a pretty deep lineman draft right well it's a it's a pretty uh so the early indications was that this draft is deeper and better than the last like four. Your love is deeper. The most and recent holler. indications, though, are that a lot of GMs are not high on this draft at all, and they think it's weaker than last year's draft. Yeah, I think I think we kind of get hung up on like the quarterback differential because there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. And last there were year, none. Last, last year. year there was one. Like. Mm-hmm. Shut up. You would take Pickett over Levis, who you're going to get. So. I would take Pickett over probably Stroud. Like, the point is, is like we kind of get hung up on like singling in one position yeah. group no, to you. determine, yeah. you know. Uh, but if O line, there's a run on O lineman, it's got to be corner. Steelers have never had a good corner. Joe Hayden is the best corner that team has had in my existence. Fair enough, man. Yeah, but uh, we went ahead, or we went over. What are we sitting at right now? 112. Oh, not bad, not bad. We might just, like, accidentally naturally transition to, like... Hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, like <laughs> that just might be what it accidentally turns into. Let us but, know if that's something you guys want. But, not tonight. And uh, so, listen, I don't know who you want your team to pick tomorrow. I don't know who your team's going to pick tomorrow. I would not be surprised if half your teams didn't know who they were going to pick tomorrow. I wouldn't be very hopeful. What I I do know is I will be sitting on that couch right there 
with some popcorn, probably a couple bottles of pop, watching the draft with my phone on Do Not Disturb. I will be... Maybe even off, at least for the Steelers pick. I will be sitting on my mom's couch watching this from my phone. The Pat Mac, oh, watching this podcast. Why would you watch this? Po- you Not can't this even podcast, watch this podcast. The draft. No. On my telephone. From. My mom's couch. No, I meant like what? Oh, I'm gonna uh, be. The only way I can watch it is the dra- the Pat McAfee draft spectacular. I will be watching the ESPN draft so that I can get all the breakdown. While Pat McAfee is more entertaining. Like I said earlier, I'm a nerd. Yeah. So the like I would rather watch the ESPN ESPN coverage. Like, I just my mom doesn't get ESPN. If I could watch so like there's like five mix five minutes between each pick or whatever, ten minutes. Yeah. If I could watch that time dedicated to the sports science behind the guy who was just picked, I would be elated. But that's not what happens. But it is a bit more Bro, the show sports science is so depth. good. So dope. So good. But we don't have time to get into that, right? Or we don't have battery to get into that. Amen. Listen, I don't know about you, but we're We're just just here here so we don't get fined. fined.